It's good to be back. Uh, if you missed last week, I'm sorry uh, because you had that one shot at not, not hearing me, hearing somebody else ramble around uh, for 35 minutes. Uh, uh, but if you didn't hear, um, I got older last week. So, yeah, the big, the big monumentous 4-0. So I turned 40. Do I look older? I, I had somebody actually tell me that they were like, I thought you were so much older than that. And it wasn't like a kid. It wasn't like a kid that was like, you're 75. No, it was like somebody who was like, really? Like, I thought you were so much older. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, but we did. We escaped for the weekend. And um, we went all the way down uh, to Bellevue as a family. So <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. We went to Bellevue. Uh, we went to that pop culture museum in Seattle. That's a fun thing to do. A lot of movie stuff there. If you're movie buff, you'd love uh, that. We swam in a hotel pool. We ate out. Uh, and I, I, was, I was unsure if I should share this. Heather's shaking her head no. So we shared the hotel with an interesting group of people. Should I not, should I not tell them? Don't tell them? Well, now it's too late. I got to tell them. So, um, yeah, we shared the hotel with a group called uh, Leather... Rain. So, yeah. Oh, Sam knows the group. Like, you don't hang out with it. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. No. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. All right. They are what the uh, person at the front of the hotel uh, lobby said. She lo- I was like, so you have an extra group here. Like, what's going on? She looked at me like, ooh, how much can I tell them? And then she said, they're leather enthusiasts. So, uh, yeah. So, but it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, last week, we, got, we started this focus on this idea of serving it up, um, and uh, it's a two-week focus on this series. Last week, you guys got to hear from Sam, which I gave it a listen to. Man, that was awesome to hear, uh, one, why the Mullins are serving and, and what they're connected with, but also just really kind of the framework around why we serve. Uh, and we got to hear uh, why we serve and what the Bible says about that. Uh, I was excited when Sam sent me his outline of what he was going to be preaching about. I mean, there was like no short of like 20 different scriptures in there that he was going to hit. And I'm like, whoa, you know, did he leave any verses in there about serving for me to preach on this week? Uh, and lo and behold, there was, there was tons uh, more even. Uh, and so this morning, uh, we're going to talk a lot about some of the same stuff that Sam talked about, why we serve, how we serve, uh, ways to get connected in serving, what the Bible tells us about it. But we're going to be lose, using different lessons, amazingly enough, with all that Sam shared last week. Uh, different lessons from the Bible and from Scripture. Um, and, and, and as I came up with these, I had to go back and check to make sure Sam didn't touch base on them. Um, but uh, I mean, here's what I want to start with, the, the kind of the groundwork for this. Uh, as a church, we do not have a serving problem. So uh, you maybe have heard it said before, and I've said it before, that there's a lot of churches that are 80-20 churches. Like 20% of the people do 80% of the work at church. And or really, you can kind of any kind of volunteer organization led does that. But our church is not that way at all. Our church is about 80, 20, 80 percent of the people are serving in some way. And uh, in 20 percent of the people maybe are just getting their free ride. Um, so if that makes you feel uncomfortable uh, that you're part of that 20 percent, I'm sorry. Uh, you're welcome here for now. 
All right. Um, we, won't, we won't kick you out uh, just yet. Uh, you got until the end of today to sign up. And No, I'm just kidding. All right. No. Um, sorry, not sorry. I don't know. Okay. Uh, here's the deal. Um, I believe that, uh, and, and I've seen it to be so important, uh, what, what, what serving can do to somebody's life. And, I'm, and, I'm, and again, no, I'm not talking about like, okay, you know, there's four areas over there and that's the only thing that counts as serving. No, I'm just talking about serving in general. Uh, but being a part of this and serving within the church, I get to see some very hands-on uh, and, and see lives change just in the idea of saying yes to uh, uh, serving uh, within, within the church. And so um, what I want for us to do is at the end of these couple weeks, I want us to have an understanding of the importance and grasp the importance and understanding of, of what the Bible does say about serving. And, and hopefully we get a better understanding of that, uh, of what Christ really desires in our lives uh, because of that understanding of, of service and, and giving of yourself towards this. Um, and, and yes, that might lead to some of the places within the church specifically uh, that where there's areas to serve that those would get filled. Uh, but more than that, it's a better understanding of how God created us, why he created us, and the calling that he has for us uh, to work out with him um, and, and for the way that he designed us. Uh, and it's important, and, and I want you to hear, serving... Um, is one of the small, like just a small handful of things that God says, man, this is very important. Serving, giving, worshiping, things like that. Those are things that, that God talks about in the Bible more than a lot of the other stuff. And, and, and I believe it's because it's, uh, it's so important. So it's much more than filling that um, great-looking board that Tanya made. Uh, and she was really excited to do that. She asked about a year ago to make something like that. Uh, and it's, it's more about filling the holes on that presentation board. Uh, the Bible tells us that we were actually created in his image, in God's image. That's how he created us. Uh, in his likeness. Now, that doesn't mean, uh, I had a, uh, uh, like a Jesus uh, sports card uh, a while ago, and I remember it said on there that he was 6'2", 195, uh, you know, and all this kind of, so like the image that we, that we get the picture of Jesus uh, with, the, with the white toga robe, and, and it's, not, it's not that we're all going to be that, I wish I could be that, but we're not going to all be that, um, it's, it's, it's in his image and likeness in how he was created. And so we are created with the same purposes and the same makeup and the same calling as he came to earth for us to see and uh, observe and then uh, being a part of his creation uh, partake in. And so uh, now the side note of that, like some groundwork on uh, the idea of why we were created and how we were created is that we were all created out of community. And so uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three, a community of three out of that, God created all of us. And so if we're created out of community, then we're created for community. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, the, the greatest creation, uh, the greatest trio of creation, a community of their own created us, 
And so the desire for us is to be in community. You may, you may feel that, you may not. It's pretty clear in the Bible that, that God lays it out that we're supposed to be part of community, part of relationship with each other, part of intentional biblical community as we get into the New Testament. Uh, but it's a big part of, 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 of that is serving, is connecting with people. And if we're made in his image uh, of community, uh, being together with him, the Trinity, then, uh, and if, if it's true that Jesus came to serve, okay, it's said multiple times in the Bible that he came, and Mark 10, uh, 45, I'm going to jump to this one first, Ryan, uh, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So if he came to serve and not be served, then it's not too hard for us to note the idea that we came to serve as well. We didn't come to be served by something. Oftentimes, I think we think we're here to be served and God's going to serve us what we need here on earth. That's not the case, right? If Jesus himself uh, God in the flesh came to serve, not to be served, then where are we to think that we are here to be served? Okay, we're here to actually serve. So we serve because we are image bearers of Christ. We serve because we are image bearers of Christ, that we display the image of Christ by the way we live out and act in our lives. Okay, that's why we serve. Now, uh, I would argue that uh, one of the most important things that God tells us to do is serve. Now, I'd get there in a little bit of a roundabout way in that, uh, and we'll actually get into this towards the end of my sermon with an analogy I have, but uh, God, one of the most important things that we're to love, like we focus this year on loving your neighbor and just loving in general, like to love people is, 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 is what we're called to do, all people. Doesn't matter what they look like, doesn't matter what they believe, like we're just called to love his creation, period. Uh, and if that's the case, how do you display that love, right? I think one of the greatest ways to display that love is serving. I mean, you can you take the, the example of marriage in the Bible in Ephesians 5. I mean, it's mapped out in there that they're, the husband and wife are to serve each other. And that's the greatest earthly commitment of love between his creation that there is. And it's clearly marked out there over and over that they're to serve each other, Right? And, and, if, and Jesus came to serve. So uh, that's how I get to this importance of serving other than the numerous times, and we'll look at a good handful of them today, that, that uh, God lays it out that we are to serve and to do and to use what he's given us uh, to, to reach people. So, uh, so here's, here's the confusing little part, okay? So uh, we serve not because we are Christians, but we serve because we are Christians. Does that make sense? We serve not because we are Christians, but because we are Christians. Is that confusing? It's confusing, right? It's the same thing, right? Heather hates it when I do that like double negative thing with my words. But, uh, and, and I want to explain a little bit. So many people believe, and I think even Christians alike, that Christians are synonymous with a group of people who maybe like listen to praise radio, swear a little less than everybody else, drink a little less than most of the rest of the people. Uh, I would say even, we can even throw in there that Christians are highly judgmental, right? I think Christians believe other Christians are judgmental, right? And so that's kind of a common idea uh, of, of when you say you're Christian, people think, oh, okay, well, we got to be on our best behavior and we shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that and shouldn't do that. And you don't drink, do you? You don't swear, right? I'm going to know we're humans. We mess up, right? But when in actuality, 
what, we, what being a Christian is, is that we are convicted and convinced that Jesus came to earth, he lived the perfect life, died the perfect death for us imperfect people, perfectly defeating death, rose again, and we believe and stake our life and eternity on that. So it's not how well we do or don't do things. Our claim is that we believe that and we're going to put our, everything we have in believing that. Okay, so uh, we serve not because we are a group of people that believe we should uh, do these nice things and give our time and resources and choices to this cause of, you know, spreading love, spreading Jesus love. We serve because we believe in the cause, like we believe in the cause. We put everything into it, which is the life and work of Jesus, Right? That, that that life and work being the essence and the core of who we are as believers. Okay? He came to serve so, that, so we also would serve one another. Now, serving one another uh, uh, is not or it can, it can be mistaken by simply coming in. Uh, coming to church and being friendly to people. Um, it can be mistaken or it shouldn't be mistaken with the idea of like, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, just, you know, making a meal for somebody. It's not necessarily just those actions of things. Uh, much like, much like, uh, oh, I'm a Christian, so I choose, maybe you choose to send your kid to a Christian school. Maybe you, again, choose to listen to a certain radio station. Uh, that doesn't make you a Christian, okay? But at the core, uh, what does make you a Christian is staking your belief in those things. Now, um, the same with serving is serving each other. So a few weeks ago, uh, I talked about in our Apostles' Creed series, the one another's the 59 one another's that are in the Bible. So what, what, the, what the Bible says that how we're supposed to act towards one another. And, uh, and so with this, um, we can't do those things. We can't one another one another if we're not one another in one another, right? That makes sense, right? So we can't, uh, we can't if we're not actually uh, serving, if we're not actually uh, working with each other, if we're not actually building relationships strong biblical relationships, and if at the core of what we're doing is not uh, in contact with one another, it's hard to one another. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. I'm trying to be a little funny with it, but uh, get your attention. So, uh, but serving one another is, is, is just one of the, uh, you know, actually the two most important ways we do uh, these things, act towards one another in, in our church, is serving in small groups, Right? Those are the best areas for you to one another one another, okay? So it, it, it's true, right? It's true. So, um, and they're not a substitute for each other, right? Okay, well, I serve, and so I'm not going to be a part of a small group, or I'm a small group, so I'm not going to serve in a way. It's actually, they're both kind of, and serving actually kind of melds over into even small groups as well, um, one another, one anothering, which isn't a word, I made it up, um, serving and giving biblically is, is called to this level of, of caring for each other, of uh, putting others' needs first, right? Being in community 
right? And, and for us as a church, uh, if you don't know, we've been a church now for about seven and a half years. And during that time, so many people have connected at levels and served and relationally uh, built equity in this church to get us to where we're at now. So many people. And it's actually, you know, some of the times we think back at the people that were here seven years ago and six years ago that have moved out of the valley and moved on and those things. And we're like, man, like all those people contributed to what we're doing now. And we get to now continue that with each other. We get to, and there's people that are, that are here now. I had, uh, I had the opportunity to meet with quite a few people this week and talk about just how uh, God's calling them in their life and, 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 and what they're doing. And, it, and, it's, and it's really, it's amazing to be a part of a group of people that are serving in that way and giving of that much for your kids, for other people in this community, for us to have what we have relationally with each other. Um, and a lot, of, a lot has gone into it. Um, but there's always a team of people around what is happening. There's not one person, and I'm so glad that it's not resting only on my shoulders, that there's, like I said, a large amount of people who are contributing uh, to the stuff that we're doing and and the way that we are uh, building this church. And so uh, I stumbled across this verse that kind of is going to be intermingled in all the other scriptures that we work through today um, uh, around serving and around uh, at the core, what are some of the things that when we serve and why we serve that this uh, really connects with? And so uh, it's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, uh, and it reads this. I'll read through all of it, and then we'll touch base on a handful of them as we go through. It says, two are better than one because they, are, they have good return for their labor. If either, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves in a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So uh, if we just look at verse 9 to start with, two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. So the next blank in your outline is that we can accomplish more together. The only reason we are where we are at and serving the 50 billion kids we have downstairs and, and meeting on a regular basis and being a part of Family Promise and, and uh, connecting in the community and having the, the rapport that we have in the community to be invested in our community is because we are all doing it together. Even, even, now I wouldn't say that this is serving, but even being here as a part of our community on Sunday mornings, committing to that, plays a role in us growing and being a part of and accomplishing more for the kingdom in our community and in the lives that are around us, right? We accomplish so much more when we do things together, right? That, in a sense, is the the whole essence of serving, right? That we, uh, and we heard people say it in the video, like the greatest thing about serving, they didn't say, well, I just love to sing or I just love to be with, I mean, none of them actually said that. Like they love the job. I mean, they probably do love the job that they're doing, but they said, no, it's about having fun with people, connecting with people. I love looking out over the congregation and seeing the people join together. Like, I mean, almost everybody in the video said that. And that wasn't, that was not rehearsed. 
That wasn't like, here, read these lines. This was like, hey, you serve, come downstairs. We're going to videotape you real quick. Like that much notice. And all of them said they just loved being a part of a community that was active like that. And so that's how we accomplish it. It's when, we, when we do these things together, we accomplish so much more, right? And I've experienced it and seen it uh, as people choose to make that decision to take it to the next level and, and, and connect by serving in some way. Their lives totally change because they get connected with people and they, and they start to brush shoulders with people and then they feel like they've got friends that they're connecting with. And they love serving in that way and, and building relationships with each other. Right? Romans 12, 3 through 6 says, uh, for, well, I'm going to actually read verse 4 to start with. For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, through many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to grace, according to the grace that's given to each one of us. So that being said, everybody in this room is gifted in different ways. So you heard some people talk about their singing. I'm so glad that I'm not called to sing because I am a horrible singer, right? Some are hanging out with the kids. I love kids, but I got to be up here. If I wasn't up here, I'd be down with the kids, right? And I don't know what it is for you. Some are just great at greeting at the door, you know? If you came in today, you met Kim and Kim, and they're great at the door, and they get to shake your hand, and they'll hand you a program, and that's their giftiness, right? And so for you, we're all gifted in different ways, and if we choose not to use our gifting, then we're missing out. The church, and as it says there, it says there at the end that um, we belong, and each member belongs to all the others. So that's pretty clear that we're reliant on, I'm, I'm relying on you, you're relying on me. We're relying on each other to use the gifts that God has given us, right? And we set up and serve because of this. Um, you know, people have said to me, what are you doing stacking chairs? What are you doing breaking out chairs and lining up in a, in a line? Well, you know, I love getting here 7.15 on Sunday mornings and hanging out with the setup crew, hanging out with the band. Like, I love serving because of the people that are serving, that's why I do what I do, right? And if we, if we look at it, and the, the next verse in your outline is we serve for each other, right? We serve for each other. In the beginning of that verse says, uh, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed for each one of us. So if what we just talked about, the idea we're all gifted in different ways, team it up with the idea of don't think too high of yourself to not use your gift or to not connect, right? That in an essence, it's saying, well, and a lot of the times, you know, we serve because we think that, you know, that that's, what, uh, that's what's going to get me brownie points or that's what's going to get me uh, the golden ticket in heaven. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But, but what, in actuality, we serve for each other. Right? And there's a second part to that. If, verse 10 says, If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And uh, this is the idea of as we start to serve with each other, as we start to build relationships with each other, we're there for each other. If something was to happen in your life, 
and you had nobody around you that knew what was going on, you'd feel alone in dealing with that, right? But serving is an opportunity for you to connect with other people. It's actually, I can't remember, I might get to this in a little bit, but it's, it's less awkward than a small group. Like, oh, I'm going to go to some stranger's house, sit down and talk about my Bible. Like, although, from the sounds of it, I know our small group's pretty fun, uh, and the other small groups are pretty fun. They sh- but, it's, but it's less awkward than, 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 a, than a small group, right? It's an opportunity for you to step into community and relationship with people, build some relationships. And if something was to happen in your life, and there was relationships invested here at the church, people would come around you. And they would support you in that, right? I believe it's kind of the beginning steps for us to get connected with other believers and to even get further connected with who God is calling us to be, right? Serving is, is, is less intimidating than a lot of other ways for us to connect within the church. And at this church, you're in good company because the majority of the people are serving, Peter, uh, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 10 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober uh, mind so that you may pray. And above all, love each other deeply because love covers the multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So that speaks into that idea that we're all gifted in different ways. And God is actually wants us and desires us to use those gifts in our lives. So uh, verse 11 of the, uh, of the Ecclesiastes verse says this. Also, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So I would connect this to the idea of like, if you're not serving, Man, or if you're not connecting relationally through a small group here within the church, sometimes, how many of you have ever been at a point in your life where you felt alone? I figured pretty much most of us could raise our hands. But, and, and so I did a little case study on this, okay? So I looked at different, uh, different uh, p- parts, people in the Bible, people in the Bible, like significant characters in the Bible, uh, what happened when they isolated themselves and f- they felt alone or were alone in their lives? So here's this, all right? So uh, David, you guys know David? David and Bathsheba, okay? So if you remember, David was this king, this warrior on the battlefield. And, uh, and, and, and one day David decided, you know, I'm just not going to fight with my people anymore. I'm not going to, you know, go on the front lines with them. And I'm going to hang back all by myself. So you guys remember the story, what happens? David's up on the roof. He sees Bathsheba bathing on the house just right next to him, and he falls into sin, right? He falls into calling Bathsheba out and, uh, and, 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 and you know, connecting with her, bringing her, and the, the servants bring, him, bring her over. He sleeps with her, and then what happens? He actually kills her husband, and like, so this train wreck of things happen all because, really, you can connect it back to David isolating himself, right? Okay, that's one idea, right? Elijah. So Elijah is a prophet in the Old Testament. He's a mouthpiece for God, uh, and he was a king. Again, this is like First Kings, like 1920. Uh, he has this great victory, and then... Um, 
uh, Jezebel, uh, a, a, a lady within, within the kingdom there says, you know, he, she actually says, um, uh, you know, goes against Elijah and says, I want to kill him. And then Elijah gets all distraught. And what does he do? He goes out and isolates himself. He goes out into the desert and then asks God to kill him. Like, all because, I mean, and he was like elite of elite, mouthpiece of God, professing what God had for the people of that time. And then he went and isolated himself and got himself in this place where he's like, God, kill me now. Jonah. You remember Jonah? Jonah's the one that got swallowed by the whale, right? So Jonah, God says, you know, I'm going to send you to these people. And you're going to connect with these people. You're going to tell them about Jesus. Tell them about God. Uh, And Jonah says, nah, I'm going to take off on my own. I'm going to go the opposite way. And so he disconnects from all the people that are there and takes off on his own um, and and runs away. And and what happens? God swallows him up, speaks to him. And, you know, God actually ends up working his story throughout it anyways. Um, but, uh, But again, Jonah isolates himself. And then we have Jesus. So Jesus, if you don't know, had third, he was 30 years old, entered into public ministry, had three years of public ministry, and uh, all the while, I know, because I know how the devil works, that the devil was sitting and waiting to find his spot where he was going to jump in on Jesus and take advantage of him. And at what point? At one point, Jesus, what does he do? He uh, he isolates himself. He goes out into the desert, and what happens? It says that he was tempted by the devil. So the devil had waited thirty-three years for this opportunity, and uh, and then he took advantage of it. But what happened? What did Jesus do? Called his twelve disciples in with him. His people, his people, he's connected with, been serving with, right? And we know how the story ends. We win. So uh, those, are, those are the ideas of isolation, how isolation doesn't work, right? You can't serve alone. You can't serve alone. And you're a part of an amazing team of people when you connect with God's people, people that are searching after and going after the same thing that they have in their lives. Now, this is where it gets fun. This is the analogy I was talking about. So if I was to uh, ask you to... Um, Come up front, and I would say, uh, how, how are you, or if God asks you, um, if God asks us today, uh, you know, how, display your love for me. How would we do that? Would we get up here and sing a song? Like, would we get up here and just say some words, right? No, I think what would happen is if we ask God, how could I love you more, how could I love you more, God? He wouldn't say, sing louder and say more words. He would say, no, serve one another, right? Clearly commanded to us, serve one another. Love other people, right? He would clearly lay that out for us, that that is what he would want us to do. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, God is asking you to serve and love people through the way that he's gifted you. Serving looks different for each one of us, but it's the same 
calling for all of us. And it's the same God that works through the calling for his good and what he desires for our lives. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when we use our gifts and when we use the things that God has gifted us with, To further the kingdom, it says there that we mature and we get to see the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. One of just a small handful of things that actually help us to understand and experience the full measure of who Christ is in our lives. And I heard an analogy put this way. I think uh, oftentimes we don't read the fine print of things. How many of you like when you sign up for, I don't know, We're not signing up for credit cards, that's for sure, because we got financial peace, right? (laughs) But how many of you, when you sign up for things where you got to, like, read, like, 10 pages, actually read everything? I know Heather does, because she's got a dad who's a lawyer, so I just rely on her to read it, and then I just sign. But we don't do that, right? And actually, a good analogy is that there's a lot of fine prints in the credit cards we sign up. There's actually benefits in there that we don't take advantage of, like good benefits in them. We don't have credit cards because we're financial peace people. No. Um, but those that have taken financial peace know what I'm talking about. Um, but, but we don't. We don't necessarily read the fine print of, of what Christianity means. We don't, that means we don't take advantage of the fullness of everything that God asks us or the, everything that God offers us. Right? We view, we, we view a lot of the things we do as a, as a Christian as transactional. Like, I'm a Christian, and because I'm a Christian, I'm going to do this, right? It's a transactional kind of thing. I'm going to do or don't do this. Uh, I'm going to show up to church on Sunday mornings, uh, and in exchange, uh, I will get eternal life. Like, I'm going I'm to show up to church on Sunday mornings. I'm going to connect. I'm going to serve with the kids downstairs. Uh, I'm going to, you know, do this once a month, and then, um, you know, and then I'm, I'm actually going to call it good. Like, we're even, right, God? Like, you know, eternal life, like what you did on the cross, and because of that, I'll do this, and then we're good. That should be funny, right? That's not truth. That's not truth at all, but I think we view it as that, right? As this idea of, um, this idea of serving, and not necessarily, like, not necessarily an action, but, but just taking advantage of, uh, of and, and really missing the idea of why we serve. And then because of that, missing out on, if, we, if we're serving in that way where we just, uh, we're just doing it as an action, as a response to what Christ did for us, like out of obligation, then I think we're missing the idea and the fullness of what God is offering to us when we, when we understand that we're called and created and uniquely designed to serve. When really God says, man, the small print is that I've created you in that way. And when, when, we, when you operate the way that you're created, man, it's amazing. Because I put you in directly in line with uh, why I created you. But so much of it, I think we rely on the, the experience of it and, and how it makes us feel. Like we feel, and it is, it's a good feeling. We feel better about ourselves when we're able to serve. 
But actuality, it's not about ourselves. It's because we've put our faith and trust in the work that Christ did. And because of that, we're compelled to live a life a certain way. And we have purpose, right? In that we're all uh, designed, and, I, and I, you know, I couldn't think of a better way to put this, but we're all designed to do our part. And that's not the idea of that we all have gotta go, we've all got to do our part. I mean, God wants us to do our part, but we're all designed to do our part. And when we do our part, we really reap the benefits of, of, God, of, of being a part of God's kingdom. Being a part of uh, expanding and in, 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 in it growing bigger than we could even imagine. Because God is in charge of it. And being a part of biblical community and really caring for people and serving in this way does that. To equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until they reach unity and faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So church... You know, last week and this week, we focused on this idea of serving. And I hope, I hope that you haven't heard that uh, head back to the back and uh, take one of those cards and sign up for something. Because that's not the goal of this, right? The goal of it is, is that we would mature and have a better understanding of what God is calling each one of us to do in our lives. Not out of obligation or not as a transaction because he did this for me, I'm gonna do this. But no, because of the relationship that we have with Christ and the work that he did on the cross, it compels us to act and live out the design that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.